Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to the Lena Nelson Dooley Show. There was supposed to be more of an introduction on that other. I'm going to have to find out what happened to that. Uh, We are so glad that you are taking your time out to listen to us uh, during your holidays. Uh, Even if you are listening to it later, not while we're on the air. Thank you, listeners. I think what we have for you today will be very, very interesting. Uh, interesting and helpful to uh, many people. I want to introduce you to my very special friend, Lynn Gentry, who is a, an amazing author that God has allowed me to uh, have a hand in helping her her learn the uh, the the craft of writing and. Uh, she had so much of talent. I didn't need. I just needed to help her learn the craft. Lynn is an actor, director who's turned fiction author. By the way, uh, that was what I was—a <laughs> director, actor, uh, turned fiction author who loves using her crazy imagination to entertain audiences with her books. Her varied works range from the highly praised time travel series. And I want to say about that, I had always said there is no, there is no Christian time travel. I, I just, I, there's no, no way I could believe a Christian time travel series, but her Carthage Chronicles showed me how wrong I was uh, because I was putting God in a box and she was taking him out of the box and allowing him to be God. She wrote that and then she has Laugh Out Loud romantic comedy series, the Mount Hope Southern uh, Adventures uh, she's really a good writer, writer of Southern things. I love it. And she recently co-written romantic medical thriller Ghost Heart with author friend Lisa Harris. And I have told many people that every Christian in America should read. And I mean, if even if they're not a Christian, they should read Ghost Heart. It touches on, on a subject that we are mostly not uh, aware of and we really need to be. Uh, Romantic Times Reviews calls Lynn Gentry a top pick author and one to watch, which that is true. Readers say her writing is extraordinary and her story is exceptional. When Lynn is not creating enchanting new worlds, she's laughing with her family or working with her medical therapy dog. And you can find out more about Lynn at www.lynne, L-Y-N-N-E, 
gentry, G-E-N-T-R-Y, all one word, dot com. And I, we can give this contact information again at the end in case you didn't have a pen where you could write this down. Welcome, Lynn. It's always a pleasure oh. to have you. Thank you, Lena. I love getting to chat with you. You are one of the blessings in my life, and I thank God every day for hooking us up together years ago. I don't even know how many years ago it was. Yeah, I can't remember either. Long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Uh, Lynn, this book that we are discussing, Lynn, give me the title. I didn't have it written down. Flying Fossils. Oh, oh, we're doing Flying Fossils. That's the one you sent me. Okay. Right. Flying Fossils. And uh, this, <laughs> because of that title, my husband said, I think I want to read Lynn's, Lynn's uh, book. So we'll see. <laughs> but well, anyway, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, this book touches on something that uh, Lynn has dealt with in her life and uh, although my father-in-law did not have Alzheimer's, he had senility, which is an associated kind of thing. And I was a caregiver for him. Uh, Lynn, you want to tell us about why you wrote Fossil Ridge? Yes, I'm. Um, I'm really excited about this series. You know how some stories just you you just make them up. Like some stories just come from your heart. And this one comes from my heart. And uh, this is Flying Fossils is the first in a series. It's, there's two books, uh, Finally Free is the second one. And uh, this is the story of three very independent women in the same family. There's Sarah. She's the mother. She's the matriarch. She's 72. Her daughter, Charlotte, is 45. And then Charlotte has a 13-year-old daughter named Aria. And uh, they've got a secret that it's set in the Texas Hill Country along the beautiful Frio River, which I've frequented many, many times. And love that part of Texas in the Texas Hill Country. And uh, it's set there. And Sarah lives there. She lives on a, a little ranch of about 300 acres. And her daughter's gone off to make her life in Washington, D.C. And uh, she's a lawyer on Capitol Hill. And um, anyway, Sarah has early uh, on stage Alzheimer's. Uh, she's, a lot of readers have said, She's only 72. That's not that old. And I really don't appreciate that. And I think I made her 72 because that's the, that's the sadness of this disease, of how it can rob you of some wonderful years when you're still physically very healthy and very active. And um, so I made her 72. But, yes, the reason I wrote it, is because uh, 12 years ago, my mother was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of breast cancer, and she was a brilliant woman who'd spent the majority of her career in the legal field as a very sought-after court reporter. But as her cancer progressed, her physical and mental health slowly declined, and the woman I knew, the one who could add columns of numbers in her head and spell medical terms longer than her arm, she slowly lost the ability to even balance her checkbook or manage her meds. And it soon became evident that 
uh, my father was going to need help caring for her. And so um, unlike a lot of caregivers in our uh, culture today, I was fortunate. I have two sisters and a brother, and all of us agreed to give one week a month to come take care of mom. But I lived the farthest. I lived in Dallas, and uh, she lived in Kansas, and there weren't any major airports within driving distance. So I would either have to make the long drive by myself or fly in, rent a car in Tulsa, and drive two hours to her home. And on top of caring for her for a week at a time, and sometimes it was longer than that, just depended on what was going on, I also had a husband and a drum, a very active, huge drama ministry in Dallas and two teenagers at home. And so for two years, I juggled mom's care and my family. And while it was the most wonderful thing I've ever been privileged to do, it was almost, it was also the most stressful mm-hmm. and exhausting and saddest time of my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it, it didn't matter how much, time I gave mom or how much time I gave my kids I always felt like I was failing somebody and I was just I was what they call the sandwich generation where you're sandwiched between caring for an elderly parent and caring for your children at the same time and it's it's so stressful so extremely stressful yeah I uh, as Lynn knows uh, I also had to care for uh actually I, in my I'm in my home uh for 2 years before he died uh I I was the full-time caregiver 24-hour mm-hmm. caregiver mm-hmm. which uh, and I had we still had a daughter living at home and and uh, James would have to work so I would sleep in the den mm-hmm. because there were things physically about Papa. He, he we had to put a, a a feeding tube in him, but he had dementia, so he didn't remember what it was. He would pull it out, and then we'd have he'd be hospitalized, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. and so James and I, it was stressful for us. Now, uh, when he when James got home, even though it was hard on him, he would go. He and and Jennifer would go and sit with Papa and talk to him in the evening and watch TV just to give me a break. Yeah. And then all night I was, you know, cause if we even got a, we even got a, you know, those, uh, 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 what were they called? Electric eye or whatever, where, where if somebody broke the beam, it sounded an alarm. We had to do that to keep him from going to the kitchen during the night and getting things. And so I was up and down all night. But anyway, so I understand. I'm sure there are some listeners in our audience who are going through this. And uh, they need to know Uh, they'll get to the other side. (laughs) Yes. According to the Alzheimer's Association, uh, approximately 15 million Americans provide un paid care for their loved ones wow. right now. And two-thirds wow. of those caregivers are women. The majority of the caregiving does fall to women, usually. And when you think about 15 million people, so many people have written me since this book came out and said, oh, this this has meant so much to me because my I just spent two years caring for my mother. I just spent 
five years caring for my father or my mother doesn't remember me anymore, that kind of thing. It's, it's a very stressful time. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and I, I uh, applaud you, Lynn, for doing that because I know how hard it was. But um, let's let's we're going to start talk telling people about your story uh, because this story is it's not the it's not the factual story of you and what happened with you and your mother, but it is a story that does show to the readers uh, the kinds of things that happen. Now you have Sarah Slocum is 72 and um, uh, physically healthy and treasures her independence and terrified of the possibility of losing her mind before her body gives out. If you could choose, which would you prefer to lose, your physical health or your mental health, and why? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I almost lost both of them during the process of caring for my mother, and uh, you know that's that is truly a tough one because you know my my mother didn't have dementia, so yeah. she actually lost her physical health before she started. Yeah. As her disease progressed and it spread to her brain, that's when she started acting more like an Alzheimer's victim and uh, would do silly things. Like I have to tell you the funniest story. Uh, she she had polio as a child, and so. As she got sicker and sicker, her legs really failed her. And uh-huh. so she was confined to a, a motorized scooter. And it was back in the day when you had to pay for them, and it was very expensive. But we, we managed to get her one. But she loved her independence, and she loved Walmart. I mean, she used to travel around looking for Walmart to stop and visit. So, And she just got so tired of being confined to the house. And uh-huh. one day, no one was there, and she got in her motorized scooter. She drove it down the little ramp down the front porch, and she rode it across the sidewalk. She got to the car. She slid in through the passenger side, slid across the big bench seat of their Lincoln Continental, and drove herself to Walmart. But when she got there, she realized she was kind of stuck. She couldn't, there wasn't anybody to get the motorized Walmart cart right. for her. And so she was just stuck in her car, and she sat there and she cried. I mean, she just left her scooter on the side of the road at home, this expensive scooter. And she sat in Walmart, sat in the parking lot, cried, and drove herself home. And fortunately, no one had stolen her scooter, and she just sat back in it. And so she, um, she was losing her body, and it was terrifying to her when every you know first her legs failed her and then her her breathing failed her and then her but when she really lost her ability to think uh, I don't know which one you know the the good thing about these long goodbyes about dementia and cancer is it gives you a chance to say things to those you love and those who love you can say things to you. And I realized I didn't really know a lot about my mother. And it was so fun to uh, investigate uh, her her past and get her to talk about it and to record things like when when she got polio and stuff like that. And so 
in this book, Flying Fossils, um, Sarah and Charlotte have been at odds for 20-some years. Uh, a tragedy happens that Sarah blames Charlotte for, or at least Charlotte feels like her mother blames her. And they don't, they, instead of dealing with their grief, they bury it. And so Sarah's a tremendously funny woman. She's based off a woman I adored um, years ago. I met through church named um, Ruth Rushing. And she was just a firecracker. And uh, she, the, the term flying fossils actually came from Ruth when she sa- said, oh, I'm just an old fossil and someday I'm just going to fly away. And so that. <laughs> that um term just kind of stuck in my head flying fossils and it's it's a you know it's a metaphor for all the things in life that encase us and holds us down and then when we die we're actually broken free of all that and we we do fly into the arms of our lord and savior and um so that's where the title came from and uh, that's what this story's about are these this mother and daughter just finding their way yeah. back to each other again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that uh, you were talking about the caregivers and um, the the caregivers uh, risk mental, are at risk mentally and physically if they don't uh, have special time for themselves. Uh I I was blessed because uh, two of my dear friends were nurses and they understood and they would, they would, as when, when Papa would be in the hospital and, and we would have to go, someone would have to be with them all night because they have this thing called sundowner. I don't know if your mother ever got that. Yes. Sundowner. Yes. But when the sun went down, they just kind of, they were, were kind of crazy. And Papa would cl- climb out of the bed and fall and hurt himself. And they tied him to the bed with three different posy belts to keep him in there. And, you know, things like that. And so they wanted someone there. Well, each of those ladies, they would uh, at least once a week, if when he was in the hospital, they would come up and tell me to go home that they were going to spend the night with Papa, and I, I could go home and go to bed with my husband. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. we really need to have that care time. We need to, to un, have a downtime, an unwinding time. And uh, uh, did Charlotte do that? I, I haven't gotten that far in the book, but did Charlotte have some downtime? Uh, you know, no, and and I address that because she just about put herself under because she would not ask for help. She had mm. several friends reach out to her and say, you're going to go under if you don't ask for help. And she was very determined to do this on her own. She's an only child now, so she doesn't have, uh-huh. like I had, the support of siblings. And she's just determined to do this on her own. And she, you know, she Googles things and she reads about things, but uh, she, she doesn't give herself that self care that she needs. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons people do that. And 
the shame of it, you know, that you can't handle this on your own, the shame, the embarrassment of seeing your parent deteriorate, this parent that you thought a lot of. And it's, it's detrimental to your physical and um, emotional well-being to refuse to ask for help. And I think that um, it's kind of like people do in life in general. And it's one reason we stumble and fall is we think, I've got this. And the evil one keeps telling us, uh, you've got this. You've got this on your own and you don't need help. And I think the, the purpose of the church especially is to come alongside and carry people and carry help right. carry their burdens when they can't do it any longer. So, oh my goodness, no, that is so she, true. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, also, uh, don't you think there's some shame involved that that the because they're reminded of the things they hadn't done that they should have in the past mm. with that parent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did you deal with regret. that? Yeah. Yeah, regret. Regret mm-hmm. is such um it's a dark hole. It's a dark yes, hole that is. will just suck you in and uh, forgiving yourself I think is <laughs> almost harder than forgiving someone else. And uh, yes. for you know and you I, this is something that has become clear to me as I get older is what you perceive as truth when you're younger isn't necessarily so. <laughs> and so when yeah. you when you finally get to the bottom of why, when you find out truths about people, for example, my mother was kind of a distant person. And so I wasn't just all lovey-dovey to go take care of her, not really. Well, she was a distant person for a reason I had no idea. When she was eight years old, she had polio, and they took her from uh, Rocky Ford, Colorado, and whisked her off to Denver. And for a year, she was an eight-year-old child in an iron lung by herself. Yeah, yeah. Her parents weren't allowed to see her. Well, this this formed in her all sorts of issues that I couldn't deal with, but. Having that knowledge later in life, and it, I did not get that knowledge until she was sick and finally told me about that, it was so liberating, and I saw it through mature eyes and not the eyes of a child who felt pushed away and rejected. So I think regret, um, oh, it's such a waste of time, and it is best, if you can, to forgive and move forward and try to accept people for who they are and where they are and you know mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard it's easier to say than done you know yeah it's a, you know the only thing that makes it doable is walking with the lord and those yeah. people who do not know the Lord and are in this situation, my heart breaks for them because they don't know the hope that he brings into the situations. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's been many, many a time I've just sat back in a chair and felt his arms enfold me and hold me close to his heart. Mm -hmm. And that regenerated me. Uh, And I, I said, if I said if I wasn't a Christian, the things I've had to go through, I'd probably been in a mental institution. You know, 
it can yes. for those of us who have you know vivid imaginations which when you're in drama and write books you do have uh you know it it just it you can think of all the uh, things that could bring you down if you don't have something to hold on to and uh, yes. you had one you had one question here I thought was interesting, and we have time to go into – we don't have a whole lot of time left, but um, I probably should have set this for a longer show. Uh, the To whom do you believe the sandwich generation's loyalties should lie, to their parents or to their children? Or is, is there a way to successfully balance both? Oh, I struggle with that, you know, especially since the scripture, honor your father and mother. And, yes. Um, oh, wow. I don't have a clear cut answer for that. And I, I don't, I don't know that there is a clear cut answer for that because this is, uh, this is the thing I, I found in researching for this is, you know, parents, and children can get at odds with each other. And so the relationship becomes strained. And so then the challenge becomes, how do you love someone? How do you show honor for someone? How do you care for someone that doesn't deserve it? And I I think it really calls into question how God can love us and care for us as naughty children who don't really deserve it. <laughs> and yeah. all I can say is uh, the only way you can balance both is ask for help and get help and let let people help you. And they're very willing to help you. I, I was amazed at how willing people are to actually, when they say, what can I do to help? They really want to. Yes. And, and, and they don't know, they don't know what to ask. I mean, like they don't know to say, can I come over and clean your house today? Can I, I had one friend that when she would she would come to the house and if there was a basket of clothes that needed folding, she folded them. If there were dishes in, on the cabinet, she would wash the dishes. You know, she yeah. just looked and saw things that she could do yeah. to bless me uh, without asking. <clears throat> uh, because mm-hmm. you, when you're asked the first thing you say is, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. When they're, when in the back of your mind, you're like, we don't have any supper yet because I haven't had time to cook. You know, right. the, the basket of clothes is sitting in the den because I haven't had time to fold the clothes. The dishes are yeah. in, on the cabinet. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. We, we need to learn as uh Christians in any situation with uh, other people that when we say, I'm okay, I don't need any help, we are denying the person who is asking. Yeah. Because when they bless us, they they receive a blessing too. And so we're denying them their blessing and denying our blessing too. Yeah, I've really tried to train myself to let people help me. 
Yeah. Yes, that yeah. would be lovely. And, and to truly appreciate it. And it is it is fun to be cared for. And uh, it's healing. It's refreshing. It is it is the hand of God to uh, being to be cared for by another is like the hand of God touching you on your shoulder. And it is so comforting. And, yes. um, you know, uh, one of the most healing things is just being able to laugh with people. And that is one of the ways I survived this and caring for my mother-in-law. She just succumbed to cancer after an eight-month battle. And um, humor is truly one of the only ways to get through this and uh, finding something in the day. And that's why there's a lot of humor in this story. It's not a dark story. It's funny. It'll make you laugh and cry and uh sometimes you just gotta laugh to keep from crying through the story that is right i you know with uh one of the things that i loved about my husband is uh if we had a quarrel i mean early in our marriage i was it was a strange thing because i was not used to this in the household i grew up in james would turn it into a joke and I would get mad because he made a joke. But you know what? That laughter, that laughter is what broke all of the tension, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, well, we have a minute. <laughs> Lynn, I want to thank you for being my guest. I want to thank you for touching on this subject that is, that is really touching a lot of people's lives. And uh, I highly recommend this book, uh, Flying Fossils. And you can find out more about Lynn Gentry at www.lynnegentry, G-E-N-T-R-Y, all one word, dot com. Uh, And we pray, we pray that, you will not have to face anything like this in your lives. Right, Lynn? Oh, absolutely. But on the other hand, it can be the greatest blessing ever if you have an opportunity to love on your parent and get to know your parent and uh, save yourself regret. That's right. Save yourself those regrets. Lena, you're a jewel. I love visiting with you. You have been such a champion of my work since that first terrible chapter I brought to your house years ago. <laughs> and I just wouldn't be writing today if you hadn't encouraged me, and I love you dearly. That is a mutual feeling. Well, I can't get the background. There we go. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.